Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. How we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but yeah. they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. Where, where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point. Happy Sunday, everyone. So when I started this a year ago, who would have thought that'd be on episode number 60? Episode 60, like it's another big milestone. And Having guests every single week just shows how important it is for people to share their stories. Because you guys know I call myself the storytelling coach. Because it's in our stories where our true power lies. So everybody goes through something at some point. And the power is how'd you get through it? Those are the stories that can change people's lives. And my guest on the last show actually shared a, a part of her story where she was featured on a news program, on a TV show, and she shared her story of battling systemic lupus. And there was someone else dealing with that same thing that was contemplating suicide. She was contemplating taking her own life. And she saw Cassandra's story on TV, and that stopped her from committing suicide. So that right there shows you the power that you have within you with your stories. All right. So, so you guys know how we do this show. We keep it motivational. We keep it entertaining, educational, and transformational. So the, the uh, principles that we will lay out for you today, apply them to your own life. So people who are watching the show, you're watching the show for a reason, because there is something that you want to get to, or there's something lacking, and you just need that extra push to take yourself there. And that's why we do this show, to help you step into your greatness. So there, like I said, there's roadblocks. Everybody has road, roadblocks from any walk of life across this globe. Everybody is going to go through something. And that's why we call the show Shut Up and Grind. Because nobody cares about your struggle. We care about how you get through that struggle. So how you get through it is how you're going to 
motivate and inspire the next generation. Because if all you do is focus on your struggle, then there's no progress. You're going to be stuck in that same hamster wheel dealing with your struggle. So how did you get through that struggle? That's where your power lies. Okay, so before we get into it, let's talk about the grind gear. So as you know, we have t-shirts, we have long sleeves, we have hoodies for those of you in the cold climate. We have, it never gets easier, you get stronger. We have face masks, we have tank tops, we have men's tanks, women's tanks, we got everything. And all of that goes to support the show. It's at shutupandgrindgear.com, okay? Shutupandgrindgear.com. And for financial support, shutupandgrind.me slash support. And all of that will go to helping me to translate these videos so we can reach more people around the globe. Because happiness and motivation, inspiration, it, that's a global need. So all across the globe. So that's going to go to help me translate all these videos. So now let's get into today's topic. So I picked the topic because I went to his website, see what he's all about. And my guest is, he's all about helping people bring happiness within to, within their lives. And so as I was going through my list of, of guests through the service I use, like he stood out immediately as I read his backstory. And we'll get more into that as I bring him on. But he's he's a speaker. He's also a podcast host. And he helps he helps authors get their message out to reach more people with what? With their life stories. So welcome to the show, Dominique Brightman. Woo! My man, big homie Rob. What's <laughs> going right? on? Yes, indeed. Welcome to the show, quiet. sir. Yes, indeed. I'm going to be quiet and just grind for the next 60 minutes. So I'm just going to meditate, all right? You're gonna have everybody tuning out. We just meditate for an hour. <laughs> That's somebody else's podcast. <laughs> All right, man. So, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing good. Daylight savings time is evil as always, but I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just tell myself throughout the day that it's just an hour sooner, so I, I just program myself throughout the day. <laughs> so, it tends to work. Okay, I'll try that for next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who is Dom? Break it down for me. Woo, break it down like D-Generation X, baby. Dominic Dom Brightman, host of the Going North podcast, certified self-leadership trainer. He likes to coach, empower, and inspire others to create their own piece of immortality. And really, that's something that we all can do because we all have stories. And my friend Rob, you are the storytelling coach, so you help people do that too, my man. And it's great to be here with you, my man. So that's really just the short version of it, just really self-leadership and just helping people create their own piece of immortality. And of course, just encouraging people because we all need encouragement. If you're living and breathing, you need encouragement. We all need it. No matter how cocky you are, no matter how big your ego is, like if you got Napoleon complex or if you got the shack size and you got the Napoleon complex height level of confidence, you're definitely going to need some encouragement. <laughs> Absolutely. See, so now you are guest number 60. Number 60. I'm and a you citizen, the, baby. <laughs> and you were the first one to say something that, that I say on almost every single show, and we're just getting started, is create your own immortality. That's I say that all the time. So, so by putting your message out there, whether it's in the written word, whether it's videos, no matter what it is, like that's how that's how you beat death. 
<laughs> you know, so like long after you're gone, your words are still out there encouraging the next generation. So I'm glad that you said that. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And it and I can't take all the credit for it because it was one of the wonderful books I read, The Seven Lost Secrets for Success by Joe Vitale, where he told the story of a guy named Bruce Barton, who apparently was one of the, a millionaire back in the 1920s, even before the Great Depression and still survived after it. And he nice. wrote a couple of books. And heck, that was actually one of his things, like the business of immortality. And I'm like, dude, like this is freaking gold. Like no wonder the book was yellow and red. Like I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm going to take this and run with it. <laughs> See, where I got it from, believe it or not, was I brought my kids to Hershey Park and just seeing, you know, Hershey Boulevard, Hershey Museum, Hershey this, Hershey that. And, you know, I was like, wow, I was like this, this guy could. He like legit had an entire town named after him. I was mm -hmm. like, I was like that. That's how you beat death. He left such a legacy that you have all of this stuff in his name. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. So I got to create something that's going to get me, you know, statue status, museum status, <laughs> just something that, <laughs> that people can follow. It's like, that's how you really leave, leave your, your footprints behind. Heck yeah, man. Like it, and this is really the time to do it, man, because I forgot which episode it was. This is a couple of your shows and it's great stuff where like this is the greatest time to be alive in spite of everything going on, because you have so many tools out there that will help you get your message out there. Yeah, I believe that was the episode with Adan, I think. Yeah, because I believe he's he said that. And, it, and it's true. Like I was speaking with a young woman who just graduated college. And I told her, I said, right now, in this day and age, there is no reason for any college student to graduate broke. There's, mm -hmm. it, there, there's just no reason for it. If you, have, if you have a cell phone right here, you have worldwide access. On Facebook alone, there's 2.5 billion people on Facebook and 1.25 million every hour. So if you have something that can be of service to others, while you're while you're in class, you should have something out there generating cash for you. Like my daughter just um she's in the process of having an Amazon, an Amazon website made. You know, she's 18 years old. I, I said the same thing for her. So there's no reason for you whatsoever to graduate college with debt. Not now in 2021. There's no reason. Yeah, man. Like if you're gonna be wearing all the products and partying and all the other good stuff, like hey, figure out what part of that stuff has an affiliate option and go with it. Like yes. if you're gonna rock the stuff, might as well try to recoup some of that money back so that way you won't be out here SOL. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, sir. So where where were you from? Ah, uh, yes, Baltimore, Maryland, the land of charm, crime, and crabs, as I like to tell people. Oh no. <laughs> Because <laughs> most folks think of the wires like, oh, Baltimore, the wires. Like, nah, nah, look, if it's Charm City, we got crab cakes and we got the Baltimore Ravens. Like, yeah. And and the Orioles that one year they were doing good and then they just <laughs> that one year. To, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They, they were good years ago. Then they had a drought. And then there was like a recoup, resurface year, rebirth. Year. I think it was like 08 or something where we actually made it to the playoffs. And then following year, more stuff happened with some management. And, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the football side i'm a miami dolphins fan so i get it i mean last year we finally yeah. won 10 games so we'll see what happens moving forward but i i get that Pe people don't understand men's men's like need for, for i can't lump all men together but for some men's need for sports like with, with mm -hmm. without football oh boy i'd be lost mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely lost <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So when you were a kid, what what did you dream of being? Like, what, what was your dream job? Uh, I had a couple things for probably the main thing. Preacher was the main thing, because if I wasn't at home or at school, I'd usually be at church on Sunday, especially with my dad, because my dad would always take me to Sunday school and then we would stay for church service. And this is a black Baptist church. So, you know, pastor says he's going to close and like, okay, well, we got another 30 minutes folks. When he says he's going to close again. All right. 15 more minutes. We got this baby. (laughs) And we'd be out like maybe two or three o'clock. And my dad was also heavy into the church as a trustee as well, singing the choir for a bit. So definitely was going to be leaving the church late. And I originally thought it was going to be, that was one of my dream jobs of being a preacher. Then it even went down to computer repair because our computer got broken. Like back in the nineties when windows 95 was like the hottest thing. since history. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, maybe I'll just go grow up to be like a computer repair guy. And then I, as growing up, like going through high school, I was like, Oh yeah, I think I'll stick with that. Went to community college, got an IT degree and, and funny enough, like the, I'd say the penultimate semester, the second to last, like where I needed like maybe a couple more credits away from getting it. Yeah. The passion wasn't for it anymore. It, it, felt, it, it felt like I was doing the whole nine to five thing, nine to five zombie thing where you just wake up, go to sleep and whatnot. I felt like yeah. I was getting a taste of that. And I still got the degree. I was able to finish because I like being a finisher. It's always good to finish what you start. Yeah. And funny enough, I ended up just really (laughs) getting promoted full time to full time librarianship because while I was in high school, I was able to get a summer job at a local public library and I didn't do anything stupid and they liked my work ethic. So they hired me back when I turned 16. (laughs) And while I kept that job through high school and college, they promoted me full time a year later after getting my IT degree. And it's just been fun after that, getting promoted there multiple times and being able to grow and become an ambivert, one of those extroverted introverts, because I recharge with alone time. But when I'm out and about, I could be a social butterfly, especially when I like to throw random bad corny jokes at people just for laughs, laughs, giggles and groans. So it's all good. <laughs> I, I definitely have my share of robisms. <laughs> yeah. You're about to get robbed. Wait, no, not my money. No, no, it's just a bad joke. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my clients are always talking about about my my one liners when I'm in um, te- teaching my fitness classes. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you said you went to college. So what was that experience like for you? It was good. It was definitely good because six years was public school. First six grades, that was public school. Then the rest of the other six, that was private mm-hmm. Christian school. So basically it was almost like going to a public school again, but with even more freedom because you got these set classes, but the rest of the time you can manage it however you like, like what's just go to the library and study, hang out with buddies, make new buddies. Mm-hmm. And really just, it was a great experience and it wasn't too bad for him because one of my buddies at the time, he, he was in a private school all of his life and he described the experience as like a little miniature city yeah. <laughs> because like the graduating class was maybe 20, 25 people like with with um with 12th grade after you graduated from high school so it's like going from that to seeing hundreds and hundreds of other Mm -hmm. students it's like hey it was a big change from but but for me it wasn't 
as big. It was like, oh yeah, like I like my church, like before COVID and everything, we our our auditorium could fit a thousand people every Sunday and yeah. used to speak in front of those folks every Sunday just to recite scriptures. So that way, you know, the the parents and the grandparents can pop in the audience, be like, oh yeah, that's my baby in the audience right there. Said the child <laughs> 16, yeah, that's my baby, and all that good stuff. So it wasn't it, it was it was interesting. It it was a lot of self-discovery too, because it's like, hey, you get it's where you really have to make sure your discipline is at a higher level if you want to finish. Because with with grade school, you're basically regimented. Your you, discipline is required. You have this set time, set of classes every day. You have to go there every day. As with college, sure, there's still a schedule, but the rest of the time it's like, all right, so do I go out and party with the other folks and get drunk and fight off hangovers or do I actually keep my head nose to the grind and actually make sure I get the money back on my time and my investment here. So Absolutely. that's mostly what it was. Okay. So you said a key word there. Uh, well, key phrase, I guess self self-discovery. Let's talk about that. So what did you discover about yourself? That's right. I discovered the U.S. of A. Baby Columbus Day. Let me stop. <laughs> 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 no, I actually discovered self-discover. Actually, discovered my love for reading again because another thing with my second to last semester, the penultimate one. That was the same semester where, on my twenty-first birthday, on the way to IT class, I got into a car accident. And it just really shocked shocked me at first. And I was basically like the whole shut up and grind part. I was doing the shut up part. I wasn't doing the grinding part. Like the <laughs> like the like the time just stood still for me. Yeah. And it it worked out a okay. I had no injuries. Traffic was backed up for like ninety minutes. I had to go through a couple different tow trucks and also the nonsense. But the everything turned out okay on the outside. But on the inside, it was still some stuff going on because it because that wasn't the only thing like the month before the accident happened my father went out for a drive and he got lost and we found out 36 hours later like he had alzheimer's because he oh, just wow. went out and got lost so we were like oh shoot so basically being part-time caregiver part-time employee and full-time college student just trying to balance all that apparently did some work on me because it's like seeing your parents decay it, it's a hard time especially now more than ever like that's one of the biggest things biggest issues that folks are facing around the globe is like the, the caregiving piece it ain't it, it's like the whole once a once a grown up twice a child mm -hmm. and when the child when you're in a child phase again at least for the parents and you're the kid it's like it's, it's kind of like that random meme of the confused face. It's like when you clean the vacuum cleaner, you're the vacuum cleaner. It's like, what's <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never heard that. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it was. It's like, huh? Wait a second. I thought <laughs> I was a child here. Wait, I'm the parent. No. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I just went through that a year and a half ago with uh, my dad's passing, just seeing him. Just seeing them needing so much help. Yeah, it's definitely heartbreaking. Yeah, it, it's definitely rough. And just going through that piece like that really is what pushed me to the self-discovery of just loving reading again. Because I went to the leadership section of the library and picked up one of John Maxwell's books. And it changed my life because it, 
talked about personal development, going to the highest level of leadership that you possibly can and developing other leaders. And I'm like, wow, this is freaking awesome. Because up to that point, I, I read a book here and there, but most of the stuff was just manga and whatever textbooks I had, because that's the drawback to schools is that sometimes, if not most of the time, they give you books that you don't want to read. And you're like, oh, I don't want to read another book in my life after this crap. <laughs> and you, it just leaves this whole area of knowledge that folks could really tap into like self-help books. A lot of folks may be like, man, I don't want to read a self-help book out in public. People think I'm strange. I'm like, that. that's like the strangest thing to me. Like if, if somebody, if, if you really care about what someone thinks about you about that, then that's their issue. Like there's nothing wrong with reading a self-help book. I like pre COVID I'd be out in coffee shops reading books all the time on different titles. And they may want to get, pick up the book themselves and improve themselves. Cause at the end of the day, that's, really where happiness lies is in personal growth because growth is happiness. When you see yourself getting better and better every day, no matter what you do, heck, I'm pretty sure you've seen this for yourself with your wonderful clients in the in the fitness area where they lose some weight. They're able to do push-ups and get past one and maybe do multiple and just really get into shape again and realize, oh, shoot, I can actually do this. I can actually run up a flight of stairs and not have to be out of breath like this is freaking amazing it's just seeing those little steps build up that really gives you that higher level of growth and that's what i was missing in my life is just that one key to help me find that happiness in my life which was really just that personal growth all right so so let's double down on that so you had said you know some people wouldn't want to read a self-help book out in public and i just want to just add some more emphasis on that because I feel that holds people back from a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And so like, and it can go any, any direction. It can go any different direction. It could be like a female going into like a male dominated industry or vice versa. Like I'll see some, some men will want to join my classes and I train mostly women. So like they'll come in and be like, it doesn't matter who else is in the class with you. If you have goals, let's get you to these goals. But we keep putting these limiting beliefs on ourselves about why we can't do certain things. But then we blame the world why we aren't where we are. You know, mm -hmm. so like back to what you said about self-discovery and discipline. So like I talk about those two a lot also. It's like, what do you want? And do you have enough drive to go get it? It's that simple. Yep. Yep. It, it's so true. Like that's really what a lot of folks need to tap into and like heck even with life like that like i think it was a bruce lee quote is where it says don't pray for an easier life pray for the strength to get through it yeah because like life is going to be hard for just about everybody it, and the levels of it are going to be hard of course like with us being brothers you know the, the goal post is already set so far ahead and we got our shoes tied when we're at the start of the mark as opposed to other folks where they may have an advantage with generational wealth. And it's like, dude, like you, you have to really not only shut up and grind, but you also have to speak up and hustle because really this is where you, your stuff magic is going to happen when you speak up for yourself with your actions, as well as your words, because that's something that we all need to do because, and that's something I did, did for myself after reading a bunch of personal development books, self-help books. I found this organization called Toastmasters. That really helped me to develop my craft of public speaking because I can't just always take the 
Baptist preacher style everywhere I go as a speaker. That's not going to work. You're not going to say, hey, oh, yeah, Jesus got up on the third day and he had his sales team go out there and fish for men and teach them. And then one of his sales team members betrayed him. Like, no, nah, you can't really go too far with that route. Like, really just adding humor into the presentations and heck, even vocal variety as well, which is something that I, I still work on to this day, try to do it every day because you don't want to be monotone the whole time. You don't want to have the whole clear eyes, dry eyes, the whole Ben Stein thing going on because folks <laughs> will pass out and go to sleep here. Like people yeah. already tired, man. Folks talk about staying woke out here. That's why they still tired. So <laughs> you got to make sure it's exciting for people. <laughs> so, true. so true. I mean, and I do talks in, in schools. And so, I mean, just the one thing I would disagree with is i hate the whole goalpost analogy because because oh. no, no it's, it's it's cool you could you could say whatever you want to say i'm just saying my, my own opinion is that i mean like i have five kids so it's like i don't i don't raise them to think that you got disadvantages it's like whatever you want going back to what we both said self-discovery discipline you got those two you can make it happen you might have to you know it might look like this but it looks like that for, for everyone. And you said that the key phrase was generational wealth. Mm -hmm. So if like, regardless of, of what color you are, if you're from a wealthy, stable background, you're going to have a straighter path than someone who's growing up in poverty. And again, regardless of race, because when I talk in schools in uh, the inner city schools, there, there's a mix. I mean, yeah, there, there may be more people of color there, but there are some, some white people and Asian people and Hispanic people who aren't well off either. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just tell when I go into those schools, I let them know you have the power to break the cycle. You know what I mean? Like you have the power to break the cycle because the issue is it's generational. Just like you said, it's a generational issue. And someone in that household has to break that cycle. And then once they break the cycle, everything can change. And I go back to. I, now, I personally was raised in a rural environment, but my family was born in the inner city in New York City. And then just after a while, my parents moved us out, you know, so it's like my, my dad lived what I preach. You know, he broke the cycle. Hey, my mom just came on. Hi, mom. You know, so it's like, <laughs> so it like they broke the cycle to give us more opportunities. You know, so I'm actually speaking in a panel at one on, on this topic. But so, like, that's always my stance on that. Woo, that's what I'm talking about, baby. My man still grinding, baby. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's good. And, and it's good to have the conversation. Because, like, this is a topic that not too many people want to have. And I see yeah. um, Adam. Adam was actually on my show few weeks ago where i'll be comments yeah and so he he actually works to, to help uh, um in his words you know black and brown skinned women have opportunities with dance you know and uh he's he's a white man and and but that's what he dedicated his life to and to me that's absolutely amazing because it shouldn't matter where the where the the help comes from you know where the passion comes from he saw that there was a need he said you know in in the suburban areas, there's dance schools everywhere, but in the urban areas, not so much. So, like, it's his mission is he wants to open up, you know, these dance schools for di disadvantaged black and brown girls. And I, I, like I said, I just think that's amazing. 
that's where it could also do like even with the great work adam because like folks need it like it's folks we, we all need outlets too like it like the thing with and i think that's probably the thing with hustle culture nowadays and entrepreneurship it's like yeah you're going to be working a lot you're going to have to make sure you put the hours in but also keep self-care in mind like hey make sure you get enough sleep and all the other good stuff and have at least an outlet someone you can talk to or a way to really take care of your emotion take care of yourself because when you go too far one one way you could be in for some trouble down the road and that may even lead to probably some psychic or some extra psychic <laughs> baggage <laughs> yeah no so true yeah outlet outlet is it, it's key because we're gonna use something you know, so some people turn to drugs, turn to alcohol, turn to pornography. You know, there's so many, there's so many things that we can do. So when people come to me in the fitness world and it's like, all right, so we're going to back you, back you down on sweets. And they're like, oh, but you know, every day after at whatever time I have, whatever it is. And I said, which is fine. You just have to change what you have. <laughs> it's like, you, you can know. keep, you can keep that same habit. You just got to change the outlet. You know, like with people with smoking, a lot of I me, mean, like, like I've never smoked, but like I've helped people get through it. And so like sugar-free mints, you know, cause like they're just used to that motion. So it's like, when you feel that take mints or chew gum or something to just replace that habit. So it's along those same lines. Yeah, man. It's kind of like the whole multitasking really be switch tasking. We, you're really just switch tasking instead yep. of multitasking. Like with habits, you have to switch habits here. It's it because that's really how you develop new habits by getting rid of the old ones. And we're good. And, we're, and we all have habits too. We just have to make sure we choose which one to consciously replace until it becomes unconscious. Yes. And that's the key, you know, to, to shift it into the, into the subconscious. Like I explained to people, it's like waking up, stretching, going to the bathroom, showering, getting dressed, putting your shoes on. You don't think about any of that stuff. It just mm -hmm. automatically happens. And so just like I, I go with my water everywhere. And so like, I don't drink soda. I don't drink juice juices anymore. And, and I used to drink all that stuff. Like I wasn't all, I mean, I've always been an athlete, but I wasn't always a fitness coach. And so people are like, it's so hard to drink water. Like, it's really not. If you keep it with you and constantly drink, it's easy. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it really is. is easy. It's like when you first start, yeah, you know, you'll pee your brains out. But then, <laughs> you know, but then after a while, your body adapts to it. And then you can get more on a regular schedule. But like anything, anything is easy. When I started this podcast, I thought it was going to be so much more in depth than it really was. It was just a matter of turning on the camera, get a good microphone and talk. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, that's really all it was <laughs> it was like but we just as, as humans we just tend to overcomplicate things because we're afraid of failure and we're afraid of judgment yeah man you can say that again it's so darn true heck even ju the judgment thing it's like oh shoot if i fail man it might be the end of the world oh if i succeed darn it might be the end of the world because i get too big and then i'll get all these haters and then i'll see all the random social media comments it'll be like oh no no i won't be a flower anymore i'll just be grass <laughs> i love that <laughs> <laughs> all right so from from your your it job when did you make the switch to become an entrepreneur funny enough the switch is still like it, it's still a side hustle right now for myself because right now still doing the full-time librarianship while okay. doing the side hustle of just basically motivational speaking librarian to be honest slash self-leadership trainer 
Well, let's just go with self-leadership trainer because the other title that I've kind of retired that title. Mm. But really just the main thing is that just keeping both of those things going because want to keep health insurance. Because even though I'm still young and I'm still taking care of myself, I still don't want to be too stupid. At the same time, I like like to at least have at least some kind of a backup plan in a way. And really, it's been one heck of an interesting journey because it's still in process. It's still in process because there's going to be a day where the the jump is going to happen. It's only a matter of time, if not probably (laughs) months at this point, Mm. because it's getting to that point where it's like, okay, it's like, I work with great folks during the day and whatnot. It's it's cool and all, but like it it's it's got to expand. It's definitely got to expand. So I'm I, I'm basically almost at that leaping point where I just need to expand and grow this thing because at the end of the day, we can only do so much. There's in one of my presentations, the seven questions that every mentor or mentee should ask of themselves is how can I and I usually leave that part blank because that's a spot for us to fill in. And the follow-up question usually is, how can I add more value to more people in less time? And nowadays, with this wonderful show that you're doing that you can multi-purpose later, like that's one way of doing it. And heck, even the third question, how can I stay relevant in my field? Like that's keeps just showing up. It's like, hey, how do I stay relevant? How do I stay on top of mind? Like, do I have to learn Clubhouse now? It's like, I got, I do have a Clubhouse too, if anyone wants to follow and I can hopefully drop in one of your rooms or whatever, learn and maybe drop in some jewels or whatever, but just what's really your, just say, what's your Clubhouse handle? It, it's Dom Brightman. I usually, I usually try to keep the branding easy. Everything is Dom Brightman, dombrightman.com, Dom Brightman on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all the good stuff. So uh, I shouldn't be too hard to find. I mean, I, it, I'm, I'm the hardest it may take to find me is if it's like marshmallow hard. <laughs> there you go with the one-liners again <laughs> that's great <laughs> all right so when did you first know that you know what i think i wanna whether like wh- whatever you did first whether it was writing writing the book or or starting your podcast like when did you when did you know you know what i think i want to do this yeah, it was probably 2015, 2015, because after the accident and everything, 2013, I started to do something I do every year called a New Year's Mantra, where it's usually a one to three word phrase to have a theme for the year. Rebirth was 2013, followed by strength for 2014, where I got into CrossFit and became healthier. And then 2015 was the year of continuous improvement a.k.a. Kaizen for the Kaizen fans of the whole Toyota Way book. And I took on a coach that year. And even though I was skeptical at first, I was like, you know what, Fudge, I'll just go for it. Because he was a couple years older than me. He had a book of his own out. And I figured, hey, if he can do this and he's writing the stuff that I'm reading about right now, then heck, why can't I do it too? Because sometimes we just need that person out there. And sometimes we need to become that person ourselves. Because that's another thing folks need to realize that there are people that you can reach that I cannot reach. There are people that I can reach that other people may not be able to reach. And together for the collective whole, we'll be able to make this world a better and happier place. If we can all seek to reach out and try to at least do at least one good thing a day to not only become better, but also one good thing to help somebody else. And really 2015 was that year because through the power of a coach, I was able to see and think a lot bigger. He basically compared 
my thinking to a small pebble as opposed to a big boulder. Because he even threw the freaking pebble at the boulder. It's like, hey, you're thinking that small, my friend. You got to think like a boulder here. And I'm like, wow. Like the just the visual. It's such a simple visual, but it made a valid point. And we just sometimes need that person to help us think bigger. Because especially depending on our upbringing, depending on our environment, like you're going to think at a certain level. And once you expand your thinking, you can't go back. And once you can't go back in the thinking level, it eventually you'll have to show up in your daily actions. So the following year after being dared to write a book, I finally was able to get it done in a year going north. Then the follow-up year was able to launch the podcast based off the book's title and made it about interviewing other people and getting their stories out there. Because at the end of the day, this is bigger than me. It's like, yeah, I want my piece of the pie, too. But hey, like I'm sure there's enough sweet potato pie out there for everybody. So let me just share the wealth here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's so true. I mean, people who watch this show, I mean, I've said it multiple times of how this one got started. Like about 10 years ago on Blog Talk Radio, I used to do one called Shut Up and Exercise. And then I have a seven step process that I use for my fitness clients to, to, you know, help them get it in their best shape. So I was like, you know, these principles can really work for any other industry. You know, so I just like switched up the wording a little and tailored it to really any industry, like no matter no matter what what it is. And I, I don't even have to know much about the industry. Like I can take someone who owns a nail a nail salon and I can go in there and help them double their business, you know, just based on these seven principles. And so I was like, all right, I said, so I need a name that can encompass anything. And then in when I'm in the gym, I'm constantly saying, grind, come on, grind, it's grind time, it's time to go, it's time to grind, get your grind on. I was just constantly saying it throughout class and telling people to just shut up and work. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, why aren't I losing weight? I'm like, because you keep telling yourself stupid stories. That's why. Like, shut up and put the work in. Like, that's why. So then Shut Up and Grind was born. So I was like, there it is. And now I and and I love talking to people from the different walks of life, like not just fitness people, mm. you know. So like, no, you're, you're com- coming in with your, your perspective. Cassandra came in with, with her perspective. And and like I'm hearing from all across the spectrum and just like hearing all these stories and more importantly, sharing these stories has been great, great for the audience and for me as well. Heck yeah, I can see that again because it's so true. And it, and I'm pretty sure you've probably realized like, hey, there isn't too much of a huge difference in terms of like the level of pain or struggle that they may have had to deal with. They may have had a different type of struggle, like with ladies, they may have had to deal with crazy men who were kind of like predator types and having mm-hmm. to get away from them and start their own business to other folks who may have had to not only lose weight, but also get rid of those stupid stories. Cause it's so true. We do tell ourselves stupid stories a lot and we have to always <laughs> yep. make sure we rein those in. Like, <laughs> like yes. you, you, you can tell the stupid story to someone else for laughter later, but don't tell it to yourself. <laughs> exactly. It's like, um, are you familiar with Eric Thomas? Oh, uh, how could I not be? Like the- <laughs> well, You'll be surprised. Some people, some people don't. <laughs> You know, how you're affiliated with uh, John Maxwell's group. Like I'm affiliated with ET's group. And uh, uh, okay. yeah, I went through, I went through his, his speaker boot camp. 
But in that, just going through that process was where I, I, I learned the real power of storytelling. Because mm. I went through my speech and I thought I rocked it. And then, you know, the CEO, CJ, call, calls me the next day and just, just broke it down for me. Like, I was like, wow, because I really thought I rocked it. And like, like, just as a speaker, yeah, I did well, you know, and he gave me props for that. But he's like, but if you want to transform people, he's like, you're not going to transform people speaking the way you speak. Mm. And I was like, okay. So I, 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 took, I took, took the ego. I dropped it. <laughs> and I became the sponge. I said, all right, tell me, tell me what I need to do. And, you know, I spent $3,000 for that weekend. And it was yeah. worth every, every cent. And at first, I was afraid to pull the trigger because I really couldn't afford it yeah. at all. At the yeah. time, then you're talking flight. And the hotel, the mm -hmm. rental car, and then, you know, I had to eat and then the cost of the event itself. And I was like, I can't do this. But the pain of staying where I was, was more, mm. you know, and I think that's, that's what people don't realize. Like, is it, is it the pain of the expense or is it the pain of staying where you are? And I knew I didn't want to stay where I was anymore. Yeah, man, it's so true. That's really how you turn that pain into power because that's really where the change happens like if you if you really look at it, it's like okay this expense it's gonna suck for a while but it's like if i'm if i'm in debt already then well screw it. let me just go for it and try to transform my life over weekend as opposed to having a pity party 25 8 when it's 24 7 well today it's 23 yeah. 7 <laughs> but <laughs> 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 just focus on the future <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I actually interviewed someone. Well, I, I, I interviewed a couple people from Australia. And, you know, they're right. 16 hours ahead of us. So, of course, I, I had to make a, a Back to the Future reference. <laughs> I'm like, it's Friday here. It's Saturday over there. <laughs> you know, so another one of my mini Robisms. <laughs> right. Nice. Right, so where do you, so how do you see yourself scaling? Because you said you're still doing doing the, the librarian thing now. Like, what's your what's your end, I don't want to say your end goal, your end game, but like, what's your next phase? Like, what does that look like for you? My next phase is basically kicking everything else into high gear. So the podcast itself, it's only Mondays and Thursdays every week. Funny enough, it was originally going to be hump days because I like to make camel jokes, but <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, last year in particular, I basically, I think, because yes, last year was my biggest year ever. Like, at, out of everything that was going on, my podcast exploded last year. I was able to have over a hundred, I think it was a hundred thirty-seven guests in total, and on average, it's maybe thirty or fifty less than that. So, probably doing that. A lot more often because I've been playing with the idea of making that a daily thing. So basically that being a daily thing as well as doing more speaking, doing more teaching, coaching and training. And of course, another new book out as well. There's going to be a new magical book coming out, hopefully by the end of this year called Bookcast It for those who want to take their book, make it a podcast or for those who already have a podcast, turn that into a book. Because usually one of those two things usually happens if like the radio host, like, okay, all right. So I, I need to repurpose something and make, make some more money off of this. So that way we can keep the lights on here. 
<laughs> like, like folks have been slacking on the merchandise purchases here. Like, come on, man, you got to shut up and grind with these masks here. Like, you like buy order to shutupandgrind.com and buy a mask that says shut up and grind because that way, when you have your mask on, folks won't expect you to talk most of the time. And it's like <laughs> they'll just basically take past interviews, turn it into a book form, and then it'll become a bestseller. And that's really how some things happen. So that's really the that's the next steps for me, just really to really scale it out and just heck even taking on a couple of virtual assistants too, because at the end of the day, I, I can't do it all. Like teamwork makes the dream work for a reason. You don't want to dream while you're working too much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's all about collaboration as well. Like from, from doing this, this show, I've gotten other opportunities, you know, like we'll talk in the green room and then people will like, they'll connect me with, with someone else. Like I was in a networking group, and I connected with one person who connected me with someone else. And I spoke at his virtual summit. And then he connected me with someone else. I spoke on their morning show that has a huge following. And it, it just keeps keeps going, keeps going. So your circle, your circle is very, very important. So I wanna I wanna go back to Baltimore because in the mainstream media, you know, Baltimore is seen as a violent city. So how are you able to keep yourself off the streets? Yeah, I basically use my noodle and get more boodle. Yep, that's how I usually keep myself. <laughs> I'm gonna spit my water out. <laughs> that's usually my goal for almost every show. I'm on get the guest, get the host to laugh and spit out his water. <laughs> you you nearly succeeded. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's just basically. But it, it was a joke, but seriously, though, using the noodle, like using my head here, like, do I really want to do something stupid, like making sure I don't go in certain places? Because as with, as with every city, there's parts you want to avoid, and then there's parts you want to stay, like, really just making sure I avoid certain parts of town and making sure that I basically keep the business online. And when I'm out and about, just be self-aware, be vigilant, and focus on the big goal, focus on the end game here, because that's the thing, like, you don't want to be out there with short-term thinking because up heck i remember this one interview with this one rap i forgot what it was but um he mentioned how some guys they may have a plan where they may have got disrespected by one guy and they're gonna go out that same weekend to get that guy but they never think hey, it's like all right they go home to their family their friends their girlfriends or whatever and be like okay so this is where i hit this money that money this is an insurance policy that i have like in case something strange happens here's the passwords to this website where it can access this and all the other stuff and just having a plan in case something stupid happens as opposed to just what most folks do just go out and just try to get revenge just to look tough and look hard like i don't want to yeah. be that guy because one i'm not that guy i'm just the easy going jokester dude who just likes to read books and help others become the best versions of themselves i'm not gonna go out and shoot anybody like that that <laughs> that's just not me that's just small-minded thinking and that's basically from a place of desperation. That's another thing too, making sure that you stay away from the place of desperation by choice as much as you can, because like, that's not a place to be because when you're desperate, you you'll do almost just about anything. Yeah. And it may, and if you have like no self-control, then that can be dangerous for you. So that's another thing that I make sure I do to make sure you don't get into that place. Cause a lot of folks are in that place right now, probably. And it and folks are still recovering like, hey, the second, the, the third stimulus check passed. But it's like, hey, 
Like, don't do nothing stupid with it. And some folks might be like, ah, this ain't going to cover my rent. <laughs> it just chipped it off. Like, yeah, it, it's just so much stuff going on. But yeah, that's how I do it. Just using the using my brain, using the brain up here and just making sure I keep thinking in the right way and doing something good, not stupid. All right. And so on your website, you talk about bringing happiness to yourself. Like, what's your best practices for doing that? Sure thing. So it's a method that I drop a lot. It's called the rave method, R-A-V-E. So the R in rave stands for reading great material. And I guess in this case, it's uh, listening to Robert's great material. <laughs> and that's actually the A, audio immersion. Audio immersion is where you soak your mind and your ears with some good stuff that'll help you to be the best version of yourself. Like good music, good podcasts, like Eric Thomas, like he's one of the dudes I sometimes listen to in the morning to get myself pumped up. Yeah. And heck, even the V visual stimulation, like this is a visual show as well. So making sure that what you put your eyes on is something that will benefit you. And E is for encouragement because we all need it if you're living and breathing. And this all goes back into that brain care, because at the end of the day, your environment's going to determine your outcome. Because what we listen to is what we become. What we watch is what we eventually become. Some folks like this, like some folks say I have a southern accent. And <laughs> even though my parents originally from South Carolina, they don't have southern accents. Like the southern accent, that just came from me being a jokester and listening to the Hodge twins for a couple of years when they <laughs> no, were growing their YouTube page <laughs> just for laughs and giggles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, those two are a riot. <laughs> <laughs> they are. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. So for people going through hard times, it's like, so what's, or let, let's just say you. So like when you go through hard times, how do you get yourself through it? Yeah. Prayer is one thing. Prayer is one of the major things. Prayer changes things. Prayer always changes things. I'm a spiritual man, Christian all my life. And into the Bible a lot and usually it's an inspiration and motivational material and just really getting through prayer. Like your and prayers do get answered. They may not be answered at the time that you want it, but it'll be at the right time. It was a, I'll even tell a good story about prayer because for years, my, it was around late nineties, early two thousands when my father had this bad acid reflux problem and he had this bad problem where he couldn't even eat food at all. Like sometimes he would have to throw up the food afterwards mm. and some days he wouldn't eat. So for years, myself, my family, we prayed for him to be healed of this darn affliction here. And that was around a good three years or so. And then on my, I think it was my 14th or 15th birthday, we went out to a restaurant to eat and my dad revealed to us that he's actually been eating food for the past few days without having to throw it up and he's been eating great today on that day and he's actually been able to enjoy his food and we realized wow like we've been praying years for this and it finally happened and we all had a hallelujah moment and we didn't it, it don't worry it wasn't excessive we didn't get kicked out the restaurant it it, it, it wasn't that far of a hallelujah moment don't worry <laughs> we, we didn't stop the devil out that day well what we did with prayer but we didn't like stop the devil out of the chair that day and just really just that moment was just a reminder like hey stuff like that like you may feel like things may not be getting through but they are 
getting through like folks who may be in business right that right now using social media or whatever like the people are watching you people are watching you they it may not be rolex but people are watching you and they may not like your post they may not share your post but they're watching you because sometimes folks will be out there heck even another thing i do is that i keep a victory log because one of my guests uh sam Liebowitz from last year on the going north podcast he mentioned how one of the things he likes to do with his coaching clients is have them create a victory log things of all the victories that they had for the day like mm -hmm. you woke up today that's a victory stayed covid free that's a victory if you're into vaccines you got the vaccine for protection pro purposes that's a victory you was able to secure a new client for business that's a victory you sold a book today that's a victory i got on rob's show today that's a victory for me like just writing those victories down, going back to them. And then after a while, when you go back a few days and you look over it, you realize you have this journal of proof, this journal of success. And that's really what it's really all about. Just document your victories, because that's really how a lot of content creators are doing it nowadays, is that they're documenting their journey, their stories. Like my man Rob's a storytelling coach here. Like he's all about helping folks tell the stories like you yourself collect your stories collect your stories share them with yourself and then one day you may just share them with the world so that's just a few things i do to really just get out of a rut just thinking about past victories because that's really what our mind is for two main functions the pre-play and the replay pre-playing basically visualization visualizing a good future for yourself you at your best and replaying those past victories after they happened yeah i want to double down on that as well because in my in my experiences, a lot of people have a very hard time with the victories, a mm -hmm. very hard time. And then I go back to being in Eric Thomas's program. I, I struggled with it too. This was back in 2017. You know, we had to write down 15 things that we're proud of. And so, you know, I did I did the first, the first few. And then I was like, Hmm, 15, huh? And, and like, I had to really, I think it took me three days to do it. <laughs> you know, it took me three days to do it. You know, and then 15 things that you're not so proud of. And then mm. that was, that was easy. Cause you know, we, we, we <laughs> yep. remember all the things we screw up. So it's like, Oh, I did this. I did this. You know, so that was easy. But I'm like 15 things I'm proud of. Cause when you do things throughout the course of a day, it's, it's just part of your day and you don't even realize the power in it. So once I started helping people craft their own stories, like once I was able to craft mine and, and that's why I even do the podcast this way. Like I don't have people send me talking points and all that other stuff. Cause nine times out of 10, the talking points are boring, and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like they're boring and, and I just want to build an organic conversation, you know? So like, I want to ask you questions based off the stuff you're already telling me, and then we can expand the story from, from, from there. Like, to, to mention Adan, when I had him on, he's he's the founder of Restoration 911, the, the franchise. And I didn't even know that when I booked him on the show. I had no idea. And so as we're building his story, you know, he, he kept just glossing over details. Like he was a soldier in the Israeli army, <laughs> you know? So I was like, uh, okay, let's, let's expand on that. You know, like, what was that like? You know, being surrounded by Muslim countries that have tensions with Israel. Like that's, that's uh relevant <laughs> you know it's a relevant mm -hmm. part of your backstory and then he came here to the u.s with a thousand dollars in a dream so i had to ask him i'm like you know we hear race race is a, is a big topic and white supremacy and all this stuff i'm like 
you came here with a thousand dollars and you built a multi-million dollar franchise. Like what kind of racial roadblocks did you have? And he's like, none. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, I wasn't focused on that. He's like, I was focused on cleaning, cleaning these carpets and cleaning these carpets and, you know, expanding his reach, expanding his business. He's like, he's like if, if people were hating on me, I didn't notice. <laughs> you <know? laughs> there you go. You know, so it's like and that was a very relevant part of the story. And so, like, as I meet with everyone, like that was why, like, I asked you about being in Baltimore and staying off the streets, because you know, Baltimore's consistently in the top 10 most dangerous cities in the country. You know, so like I, I wanted to, to hi- highlight that. Like, how did you manage to do it? Because it's possible because people think if you if you're black and you live in the in the city, you must be in the hood. You know, like that's, that's the stereotype. Yeah, you know, is, so like yeah. I wanted to highlight that part of your journey. Yeah, and that's the thing too. It's like, hey, just making sure you keep your head on straight and keep your nose to the grindstone. And just focus on doing something good, something right. Like you'll 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 be fine most of the time. So that's really what it's all about. Like like the guy I just mentioned, it he he didn't pay attention to it. He's too busy working, and that's the thing. Like, so, and that's probably the major thing too. It's like sometimes you just have to make sure you keep. You have some deep focus. Focus on what matters. Keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. Like if you see someone with like big poofy red hair, regardless of race, it's gonna attract your attention. Do oh, you yeah. think do you think that person with the big poofy red hair cares? <laughs> <laughs> you think they care what you think? <laughs> like they don't. <laughs> they absolutely don't. <laughs> like I was up in Vermont, and you know, Vermont's not a very diverse state. But I love I, I love it there. I love the mountains. And so I'm I'm in this I'm in this little market and I see this younger white kid. He keeps like glancing over in my direction. And I don't think two 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 words about that stuff. I say, I'm coming in here to get some ground beef, you know, to get whatever. I go and get my stuff, I leave. That's all I care about. But but so he starts walking towards me and he's and, <laughs> like I didn't have a basket or anything. So he's like, excuse me, sir, would you would, would you like a basket? Know what I mean? So if I just would have pre, pre had a preconceived notion of why he kept looking at me, mm-hmm. you know, like, I was, oh, oh, this guy's looking at me. I'm the only black person in here. And but, <laughs> but like, you know, come to find out, you let it play out. And he was coming to help me because he noticed I kept stacking stuff on my arm. And so uh. he comes over and he's like, you know, would you like a basket? See, so I, I just think so many times with that, we're too quick to prejudge what that person's thought process is. You know, like another another case in point, I saw um two two women walking holding hands, and I glanced over, kind of like, wow, that's cute. You know, just the, their dynamic together, it was just cute. But one of the women saw me looking, kind of like flashed a look at me, like I was judging them. I was like, but in my mind, I was like, oh, they look cute together. <laughs> you know, so I think a lot a lot of times we're we're putting that thought into our head unnecessarily like without really knowing what's going through that person's mind yeah sometimes you probably don't want to know what's going through the person's mind it might be nothing (laughs) yeah true true i mean like when it's it's natural for people to just look around like we're we're curious creatures you know so aaron it's this little guy right here okay and And subtotal explains it why your goals are falling short and what you can do about it it more or less says, um, chapter two t- tells you how to get to your core values. I have tools in there that help. It more or less says this very simply. 
find your 10 to 20 core values, and then I'll use your phrase, and lean into them every day. Live your life on the basis of that. If you do that, you will have fulfillment, peace of mind. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they made it fl flat out. Hiram Smith and, uh, and uh, Stephen Covey said, uh, without question, you'll have peace of mind and fulfillment if you're leaning into your core values all the time. And just like you said, you read that list every time, every day, you're going to have to stay focused on that. You don't want to kind of wander off course. Remember, even an airplane heading from San Francisco to New York, it wanders off course a little bit. It, it, it won't get to New York. It yeah. stays off course. Exactly. So what inspired you to write that? Like, when was the moment where you, you were like, I, I need to write this book? Um, I realized that hardly anybody knew about core values. I was reading in medium.com, which is a site where there's a lot of self-help blogs and yeah. other books, and nobody would address this. They're all uh, talking about life hacks and goals and tasks, but they're not getting to the foundation of values before that. And I said, my God, there's nobody that's writing about this. Covey and Smith have died. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're, they're old guys and Covey died in 2012 and Smith died about two and a half years ago. And there's nobody teaching. Nobody, no, nobody picked that up. Uh, yeah. So I thought, gee, I could do this. I could write a book. And, and my life is kind of a lesson. I, you know, I was a failure until 53, pretty much. Not, not financially, but in every other way that matters. Uh, yeah. And then it changed, and I changed dramatically uh, in, in the ways that mattered after that time. And by the way, that jived with my, uh, this guy came along, gave me spirituality. That happened in 53 too. So that was a big time, core values. And I developed a spirituality about me. And that changed my feeling about other people, even about animals. It was an unbelievable, uh, dramatic change when I became spiritual, how I felt about uh, other people. Um, and I, I wasn't good before that. I mean, if, if somebody tells you somebody's going to marry you and say, you're the most selfish person I've ever met, uh, that's not a good sign, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's something to be proud of. True. And as I learned about it, I, I, I actually agreed with her. So. So that wasn't so good. I don't know why she hung around me. I mean, <laughs> why would you marry someone who's the most selfish person you've ever met, you know? Well, she didn't marry me for quite a long while after that. And she didn't say that because of a typical thing where a woman thinks I can change a guy. She doesn't believe women can change men. But I did change myself because of her example. Um, there you go. And, and so in essence, she, she, uh, she changed me just with her observation it was kind of humiliating observation to hear yeah i mean like you you said other people can plant the seeds but the person has to make 